Rebellions are built on hope. Welcome to another episode of Radio Rebellion, a Star Wars podcast. We are back. We survived the holidays. We took a two-week break. But and what time to take a break, right? When Boko Boba Fett starts, I decide to take a break, right? I've been for two years. Boba Fett is my favorite character. Oh, here's a show. I'm gonna take a break. I'm just gonna not watch it. Uh, but no, we're back. Uh, I'm your host, if you forgot, Alberto Calderon, and I'm joined by two of our great friends. I'll let them introduce themselves to my, I guess, right or left up here next to me. Hi, I'm Oti. <laughs> and hello, Roberto. <laughs> All right, so we have Oti, we have Roberto here. We're going to be talking the first two episodes of Book of Boba Fett. Um, and we'll, we'll get to it, into it in a while. But like I said, it's my first episode back, first episode of 2022. So happy new year to both of you guys. Happy holidays. Uh, how was your, your holidays? Oti, I know you're in Puerto Rico. It's still going at least for another couple of weeks, I guess. It's, how are things over there? It's it's almost over. Um, <laughs> this weekend, I have to take down the tree. So, yeah, bittersweet. It, it, yeah. It, came, it came and went so fast. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah. How was your holidays, yeah. Roberto? It was, uh, yeah, you know what? The holidays, like you said, Oti, they go by fast. But at the same time, it's kind of like... It, you know, it's a lot, man. So it's kind of <laughs> like a little bit of a recovering stage at this point. But it, when they're gone, you kind of miss the holidays because you miss the yeah. breaks and all that stuff. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, I'm glad to be getting back into the uh, groove of things. Yeah, we were talking before. It takes a little bit to get back into in holidays, getting back to your regular routine, doing the podcast, coming back. It it's always takes a little bit. Um, so before we start, I was talking to Roberto, talking a little bit about, then we talked about um, Fallen Star, High Republic, how we're doing on the book. And I told Roberto, I took a, the day off today. I mean, reading yesterday, took the day off, and we went on a nature walk with my family. And I thought, okay, this is going to be great because we're talking Boba Fett. They have this Native, Native American, uh, Indigenous people vibe going. So I'm going to go and check. Uh, a nature park here, a national nature park in Florida. One of the last ones in Florida has wild horses, wild bisons. I'm gonna connect back with the heritage of the land. We lasted five minutes. <laughs> there, I was coming here to make this. Oh, I was transcended. There's this path, there's mud all over it. And we're like, oh, we can make it through. There's some hoof, horse hooves. Oh, they went through here and some tracks. So uh, ATV or something went by, we can make it. Dude, we were up to our ankles in mud. We lost our <laughs> shoes. My wife went almost face first. I had to put both her hands down. My kids lost both their shoes. We had to leave. So we didn't make it to nature, but we're going to be talking about Book of Boba Fett today. So if you guys are ready, I'm no I'm ready. Let's yeah. talk Star Wars. And first, a little bit of Star Wars news. There's one Star Wars news I want to talk with you guys real quick. Star Wars news. Right. Okay. Very, yeah. Very, go ahead. very fast. We should say hi to some people on the chat. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. So Ooh. hi, Mo. My great friend Mo is here. Glad to be back, Mo. Thanks for being here. And also Amy Guerra. Oh, what, what a what a great picture you have there, Amy. Yes. I love it. <laughs> yeah. All right. So yeah, Otis is gonna be in charge of the comments. Um, if you've been following. Uh, 
following us on Twitter. Otis is going to be joining us for our six Book of Boba Fett episodes, as we call them book reports. So he's going to have co-hosting duties. And his main duty, at least today, is to be checking in on the chat. So if you guys want to be on the show, make sure you, you, you treat him right. And then we'll put your comments up, and we'll be talking about it. Um, but like I mentioned, Star Wars news, not a lot this week, but we just talked about the High Republic. And Roberto, I want to start with you. Did you you saw the news? We had the one year anniversary for the High Republic show, and then we learned that High Republic uh, Phase Two is coming in October, and it's going to be set 150 years in the past from what we are currently going in the High Republic. How did you take this news when you saw it? You know, um, I actually loved it because uh, <laughs> you know, there's I think. There's a, a Lucasfilm is doing a great thing with uh, taking uh, you know increments that backwards you know a couple yeah. of years here there and there and, and not jumping too far into the back because I think and too far uh, into the past mm -hmm. because I think that could create you know chronological you know canon problems so yeah. I think jump doing it by small increments it's a it's a great way to expand the universe and make sure that it kind of things lined up pretty well mm -hmm. I think that's the genius of the High Republic is, is that you know you see some crossovers with characters and you see that there's technology as well that is early development in in that mm -hmm. era so I think that is a, a great uh, a great way to like approach things and bring in new characters and who knows maybe we'll get to see a young you know i, I guess he's still old Yoda <laughs> in the high republic yeah so, he's yeah in his, well like he's 500 gonna be, 600 he's gonna be in like his 600 so he'll be like you know young whippersnapper yoda <laughs> a little try yoda um so Oti, not just your thoughts on this news, but now we're going basically 300 years after or before mm -hmm. the Phantom Menace. Do you think this is more or less what Star Wars canon is going to be for the Old Republic, or you think at some point we'll still go, go even farther and do the Old Republic? Oh, no, no. I, I definitely think we'll go even further at some point, but I don't know. I don't think it'll be Old Republic as we know it, because... Sure. As is, the Old Republic does not fit in with where the High Republic is 200 years before um, Phantom Menace. So regarding the jump, I, I'll be 100% honest. I wasn't on board when I I was like, oh, I, I hope it's just like for that uh, co um, Porter Angle story. And then, yeah. and then they're like, no, no, the entire... I'm, I'm like, oh, okay. But... Again, to be completely honest, I, I trust them. If we're going back, it's for a reason. And God mm -hmm. knows where Fallen Star will leave us. And maybe I'll be oh. like, damn it, why are we going back? <laughs> but I trust them. If 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 huh. they this if if they decided to go back at this point, it's for a reason. Yeah. So. And it's not even just going back. They announced four new writers coming into it. I don't have their names here. I'm sorry. I know Soraya Cordova is gonna be in it. Right. Um you got I, it? I, All right. I can fetch. Finally, my co-host being there to save us. Um, so I I loved it when I first heard it. I'm still on board. But it's I started thinking right before we started, okay, so this is going to be in October of this year. Mm -hmm. By the time we get back, it's phase two, three. It's back to the current characters. It's going to be maybe summer of 2023. It, maybe even a bit farther if it's phase two is also one year. Can you imagine being a whole year, after, a year and a half after reading Fallen Star, 
uh, Mission to Disaster, Midnight Horizon, waiting a year and a half to get back to those characters. I mean, it gives you that movie vibe, right? You have to wait right. two years and you're so excited. So it's going to be something. You know what? I, I even think it might be until like January 2024. Yeah. I, I do I, know on one of those High Republic I, shows, someone asked if each phase is going to be the same length. And either choice souls or someone said yeah. they're going to be as long or as short as we need them to be. So maybe it's not as long, but who knows? Yeah. And I have a theory, but I have the names here. It's, it's okay. Soraya Cord Cordova, uh, Tessa Granton, George Mann, and Lydia Kang. There you go. For writers. So my theory is maybe because you guys probably saw the whole um, Star Wars Explained interview with Kevin Scott, where he compared the High Republic to to the Godfather in terms of scope. Mm -hmm. And when this announcement came, people went like, oh, like Godfather 2, that we go back in time and see Vito Corleone. <laughs> um, so I was thinking maybe just like Godfather 2, maybe the first part of phase um, two is in the past. And then by wave three or four or maybe two, who knows, mm -hmm. we go back into the events after Fallen Star, but who knows? Yeah, I'm interested to know what, how they're going to divide it with all these new writers. Because now we have well, like eight writers total. Is everyone going to be writing at the same time? Are the original writers just going to focus on wave three and those characters and leave wave, I mean, phase two to the other ones? Or are we just going to get a bunch more stories? It's going to be very interesting. So Yeah, I think, uh, I think that's a good point. It's like, when were these writers brought into the story group? Yeah. How long have they been working on this? Mm -hmm. Is this something that is just the core group of writers? Or is this something that, yeah, they started bringing in people way longer? Yeah. And, uh, and to what you, what you said, Alberto, um, the whole going back in time actually opens up the door for new writers to come in and tell new stories. Yeah. They're not confined to what has already been established. They have like basically a whole new era of time yeah. to work with. We have two new, brand new eras of Star Wars separated by hundreds of years. And the best I, right now. I have a question, because is it still High Republic? Because I, I can't remember yeah, if Light of the Jedi was the beginning of the High Republic or the beginning of the end of the High Republic. Yeah. I think it was already the High Republic, but they were trying to expand to the Outer Rim. So maybe this is how it got to just the the High Republic in the core, in the core region and the core worlds before deciding to expand, because that's more of Lina So's kind of great works. So again, we don't know what the Republic looks like. Again, there's very interesting interesting how they're gonna be dealing with this mm -hmm. uh everyone out there watching the show now live thank you for being here as always make sure that you like this video uh jump in the chat as you guys are doing if you haven't subscribed just make sure to hit that subscribe button and if you're watching this later on the replay just leave us a comment what you think about the new high republic announcement and the first and second episode of book of boba fett which i think we're ready to start are you guys ready to start and talk some some boba fett all right, so let's go and talk some Book of Boba Fett book reports. My, my little homage of being back at school, just writing on that chalkboard, which always started this big and then just the letters keep going smaller and usually higher up as you went through the board. Um, so let's start right there. 
Um, we're going to be talking about both episodes. We didn't discuss this beforehand, which I probably should have. But if you guys don't mind, let's talk about them together. But let's focus first on the backstory and all the flashbacks. And then we'll talk about the real world or real time story. Uh, so real quick, before we start, just going into details, Oti, what were your main thoughts so far on these first two episodes? Are you enjoying it? Some things that you wish I would have done a little bit different, or are you all in? I have thoroughly enjoyed Book of Boba Fett. Um, there's only one thing, my, one minor gripe with the mm -hmm. show, and it's not even, it's, it's the flashbacks, but it's not even the content of the flashbacks, because mm -hmm. I think they're great. But I don't think they're like handling the back and forth very well. Like okay. in the first episode, it was like constantly switching, and this one is like, here's this bunch, and then here's this other bunch. And uh, but that's on me, honestly. I I thoroughly love the show. Okay, um, I want to hear more about it because to me, the flashbacks so far have been my favorite part of both episodes. I do understand that how you do flashbacks is a little bit difficult just to get everyone involved because, oh, I finally get into what's happening in real time. Oh, we're going back for 10 minutes. And then especially in the second episode, it starts great. And then the last, it's the longest episode, over 50 minutes, but about 30 minutes, the last 30 minutes is just flashbacks. We'll never get back to the present time. And that can throw a few people off. But so far, I'm really enjoying both episodes, especially the second one. I didn't have an issue with the first one, just the length. I thought for a premiere episode, it should have been a little bit longer. But I was fine with the story they were telling, and the second episode was just great. Was it a masterpiece, the best live-action TV Star Wars that has been out, like some people out there saying? I don't think so. But it was pretty enjoyable. How about for you, Roberto? Uh, it's been up and down, to, uh, mm -hmm. to be honest. Um, the first episode was a little disappointing uh, okay. in it, uh, just because... You know, it 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 started off great. The first half of it was really great, and then the second half just kind of like it fell off. You know, it mm -hmm. it just didn't grab my attention. And then here comes episode two, and just kind of <laughs> blows me out of the water with it. So it, yeah, it's been an up and down uh, ride with it. It I do agree with uh, with Orti on the on the flashbacks. They haven't been handled great. It feels it feels a little bit. Uh, at times can feel a little clumsy, uh, mm -hmm. but I, I don't know. There's there's an unevenness that I wonder it's because it was this show written too fast and produced too fast to get it out there. Uh, maybe I think that's uh, that's something that make uh, feels like this uh, has a problem with the the show has this problem uh, being made too fast. I guess. Yeah, it was one of those surprise shows that we didn't know about. Mm. Mando season two ends. Yeah, and the, here's a new show, Book of Boba Fett. It's coming next year in December. So basically, I don't, again, we don't know how long they were recording before this, but in 12 months, here it is. And I haven't had that issue, but I do understand it might have been a little bit rushed. Yeah, and to Roberto's point, I haven't really, hadn't really thought about that, but if I'm not mistaken, Robert Rodriguez was brought in at the last minute to mandalorian because he he was a replacement director mm -hmm. and him being so involved i have to suspect it happened after he came into the show so maybe it was yeah made pretty pretty fast so are your issues roberto the same as Oti, the way they're going back and forth or is it something about the flashback themselves i do love i did enjoy in the first episode that 
the, these flashbacks are kind of nightmares are are triggered when Boba Fett kind of goes into the back mm-hmm. and that's when they get triggered. I, I love that they use that to just kind of go into the past. They didn't do that in the second episode, but just kind of curious because I, at least for myself, I haven't had that issue, but now hearing that both of you kind of had an issue with the way they're going back and forth, it's interesting to see that point of view. I think the, the issue for me, uh, going a little deeper into it, is, is just that I wasn't sure where the show was going in the first episode. Yeah. Because uh, I, I get that what they were trying to uh, set up, but it felt like they were, it felt like it was like, okay, we need to get this out of the way mm-hmm. so we can start doing all the good stuff, you know, which okay. in episode two kind of, kind of proves it because it, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's action packed. It, it's it, from start to finish is, it just keeps going. But at this, the first episode was a little bit slow. I think, it, I think there were things in the first episode that uh, I questioned, did we need to see, did we need okay. to see Boba Fett? come uh in in the starlet in the starlet got hit in stomach did we really need to see that because it didn't bring anything interesting uh yeah. it didn't really bring in, in, any in, interesting to the table and there was there was a couple of action scenes that i was like okay i could have done without that and focus more on the tuscan and focus mm-hmm. more on on you know present day where he's dealing with the the other um head bosses of the mob so it's yeah. like i would have I like to focus more on that than uh, some of the action. So it just, it felt like uneven uh, storytelling to me. Yeah, and then I see where my complaint kind of comes to it that it wasn't long enough to be setting up the mm-hmm. both of these stories. So making the first episode, maybe 45 minutes to kind of expand on some of those things might have been a little bit better. All right, yes. so all right, so Mo is saying the flashbacks are abroad, but I think they do a great job in show us Boba's growth. Boba's growth, and yes, I think the what's going on in flashback is very interesting and important for that same thing. So we understand where how Boba Fett got to where he is now, so that dude bros on Twitter don't go nuts. But I do see how the back and forth can be handled a little bit better. But let's yeah, go ahead out there and then we no, no, forget it. No. Okay. Um, yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I I do love how the stories in the flashback and the present day parallel each mm-hmm. other. We can get into that a bit later. And again, it's like an execution. For example, I, I think that if the second episode, the flashback was at the beginning, and then we end the episode with that cliffhanger of Lucas yeah. back, mm-hmm. that, that would be like, oh, okay. And then you can go like, oh, yeah, but he had that time with the Tuscans where he mm-hmm. had like this other thread and he... so. I, I think it's purely like an execution. It hasn't really worked for me how it's integrated into the episode, but you know, I, I see the point of them and they're mm-hmm. definitely yeah. completely mm-hmm. important. All right. So the show starts basically with a flashback. It does start with the empty emptiness of Jabba's palace and we see Boba Fett in the Bacta tank, but it started with a flashback that when I saw this, it brought a tear to my heart, a tear to my ear, I should say, a smile to my heart, to my prequel fans out there. We saw the return of Camino City, Tipoca City, sorry, Camino, Tipoca City. Last time we saw it burning, falling into the water. Uh, when we did our review of 2021, I believe this was the, the saddest moment of 2021 out there for our viewers. So seeing Camino again, you guys, great. I loved it. I love seeing Camino again with this new technology and we saw it, see it again on the second episode. Attack Attack of the Clones is not it's it's my least 
favorite Star Wars movie, but I love every time justice is done to that movie. So I yeah. was very happy to see <laughs> Camino. Mm, very much so. It, it, you know, it, this show is this uh, Mandalorian show and Boba Fett does something to me that I never really knew it would uh, show would do to me. They would show me clips of, you know, characters that I know or uh, Camino mm. and I would get excited for it. Yeah. I, I, I wouldn't have done that watching the show. I wouldn't have done it like in w watching the movie, but for some reason, just show me a little bit of clips, show me a little bit of a different perspective and I lose my shit. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Even uh, back in the, in the arena, seeing young Boba Fett grabbing Django's helmet. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a part yeah. of the movie that we're like, okay, give me Anakin versus Dooku. But we see it now, it's like, oh man, yes, I, I know how he feels. Yeah. I know that. Every we time all I become, see... We all become the Leonardo DiCaprio Every time I see Attack of the Clones, I go like... Boba Fett in here is so unnecessary. Yeah. And then they do the flashback in Book of Boba Fett. I'm like, it's a scene. It's a scene. <laughs> yeah. It's now like when you watch Rogue One, you got to go watch A New Hope. It's now we gotta, yeah. when we watch Attack of the Clones. So when is that scene coming? Because I know what it means for him now. Oh, yeah. man. All right. So then we have that flashback. And continuing with the flashbacks, which I... Oh, so Sarlacc. So you talk, Robert, about did we need to see the escape from the Sarlacc? And this is something from when the show was announced. A lot of people were either saying, yeah, let's see it. It has to be badass or eh, keep it a secret. Yeah, he got out. We don't need to know how he did it. Uh, you're saying that. Why do you think that it wasn't necessary, at least the way that they showed it? It, it, yeah, it was like it was. It didn't bring any excitement. Didn't bring anything new. It, it's like my imagination could have uh, has a, a little bit more of excitement than mm -hmm. than what they did. But in in my second viewing of the show, you know, it especially when after seeing it uh, uh, after the second episode, it all makes sense why they did what they did. It was just execution problems, mm -hmm. and I think that's why it just didn't resonate me. The it resonated the first time. But it makes sense what they did. They were comparing it to the death of Django, and and this whole show has been, it's been uh, a rebirth of, of of Boba Fett, and and it's just when I look back at it, it's like yeah, it makes sense. But at the <laughs> time when I first watching it, did we really need to see it? Yeah, I don't know. I enjoyed it more the second time I watched it last night. I don't think the execution was bad. It was pretty quick also. And it was, yeah, he burned it with his flamethrower and he got out. Oh, that's easy. I guess a lot of people could do that. So I see uh, that's an easy way to get out, but we saw it. He's out. We saw the glove and he's out. So what you thought about that? Out? And then I'm going to go into what my my head cannon was before the show came in about how he was rescued and all that. And if I got it right or not. Okay, so this is gonna be like a multiple part answer. <laughs> this is a scene we've seen before. Like yeah. there's art of it. It's been done in comics, books, legends, whatever. Yeah. We, we've seen we've seen images of Boba Fett crawling out. So in a way, I was like, we don't need it. Mm -hmm. But I loved how they did it. Like, yeah, you saw him in the pit. You saw him and trying to get out in some way, but you don't see like the whole thing. You just mm -hmm. see him struggle inside, and then just out of nowhere just jump outside and i kind of love my storytelling when it's like that hey this is the basics this is all you need to know and yeah he got out and <laughs> as someone who 
didn't care if Boa Fett was digested for a thousand years. <laughs> I was very happy with how that scene was executed. Yeah. Um, so this was my head canon, and I talked about this before, I think before Mando season two came out and all the rumors that Boba Fett was going to show up. I think this was my head canon, how he was going to get out and survive and all this. So I was, okay, he's going to get out of this all like somehow, because if he's here, he's, I didn't go into details, but my thing is, he's going to be rescued by the Tuscan. Check. I got it. I'm like, yes, hire me. I know what I'm doing. My second part was. Are they gonna nurture nurture him back to health? No, he got that crap beat out of him like three times. I'm like, okay, I don't know anything anymore. So even though it took two episodes to earn that respect, my thing was, yeah, the Toskins are gonna save him. They'll barter his armor to the Jawas for whatever, and then they'll nurse him back to health, and that's what we see him in Mando. But no, when the Toscan Raiders came in, they beat that crap out of him. First, the Jawas. They took his armor, knocked him down. Tossens came, tied him to the Bantha, dragged him through the desert, tied him to a pose, knocked his... The little kid came with a stick. All the kids just started bashing him. He's like, oh, just let me die. Uh, so what do you guys thought of this introduction as he was kind of rolled into the, the Tuscan village? It was exactly as I thought it would be. Yeah. Yeah, that's there's a there was a predictability factor in this, and yeah, it's but it's it's fine because that's what we want to see. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I, I we all knew this was gonna be a little bit. Uh, as soon as I saw the kid, I was like, okay, this is gonna be like dances with the wolves type of thing <laughs> a little bit. And I, and I know that's a that's a thing that's going around, but yeah, we want to see both of them. We want to see who he is without the armor, and mm -hmm. this is what we got. It's fantastic. Okay. Then he has his little friend there, doesn't shut up, doesn't want to help escape. Uh, he kind of gets this massive, gets gets out, runs into the desert, still gets the crap beat out of him. But we start seeing these different Tuscans out there. They look different, they act different from the original trilogy, they act different from the ones we saw in Mando season one and season two. I love seeing all these different, now that we know there's different Tuscan village out there, some survive by killing, others by hiding. So it's not just one group mentality. So it's, it was great for me to start seeing this kind of shown. And of course, as we go into episode two, we see all the importance of it. But when you guys saw Roberto, those new Toscans, basically with their black robes, their red scarves, that Toscan warrior with looks like yeah. dress, even though it's the threading or whatever, that yeah. fabric that she has. The I was yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what was your <laughs> yeah. thoughts when you saw? Oh, yeah. I. As soon as, as soon as I saw them, I was like, these are the coolest Tuskens <laughs> I've ever seen. And yeah. when you have somebody cool as, as what they look, it's like, you know, they're not going to have a small part. Um, but yeah, this is ex this is exactly what I, uh, I'm loving about the Disney Star Wars is that we get much more from other characters that we normally wouldn't mm -hmm. get. In this case, the Tuscan. I yeah. love how they were doing their dances. I love the rituals that they, that they did. I love the whole... Probably getting ahead of myself, but you know That's fine. everything that you saw, it was like, it was it was great because it just just enriches and it goes, it ties back to uh, what the show's about and about looking for family. I think uh, mm -hmm. so. Yeah, you see that community. Mm -hmm. And in my case, we first see them like at the distance, and when I saw the cloaks, I was like, "Are those the Knights of Ren?" <laughs> <laughs> Are those the Knights of Ren? And no, it, it's the typical Star Wars thing of it's yeah. the same thing, you know, but in a different color. 
Mm-hmm. And then Rise of Skywalker, we got red stormtroopers. Now in <laughs> Book of Boba Fett, we got black Tusken Raiders. <laughs> and they look great. And oh, they, they look awesome. They, they look, look awesome. awesome. We're going to be getting those Funko Pops soon for pre-order for two years. They'll be sold out in five minutes. Uh, we'll get them That's at a good some question. Do you think they're going to make the Black Series soon, or is it going to be something that is going to take a while? I pre-ordered the Boba Fett from Book of Boba Fett, and it says it doesn't ship until December. Next year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's... I think they'll be announced. It's like the helmet for Bo-Katan. She showed up in Mandalorian Season 2 in 2020, right? Mm -hmm. And her helmet is going to be available October. You can pre-order it now. You won't get it till October of 2022. That's two years since that character made a live-action debut. I don't know what's... And we talked, Oti, about Star Wars marketing problems before. Because we already seen Doctor Strange. The movie's not out for three months. They're already selling the toys. Uh, but that's a separate thing. And but I do think we're... That's sorry? weird. That's yeah. weird because it's the same company that makes the toys. It's the same company that orders yeah. it. It's so weird. I don't know. But I do think we'll get at least an announcement soon. At some point, halfway through the season, I think we'll see one of those. I mean, they finished those, whatever it was called, uh, bounty, those bounty that were doing it each week, all those announcements. But I think at least halfway through the season, we'll get some announcements and some new toys coming. But it'll probably be at some point by the end of the year. I think that we'll start seeing them getting shipped out right, out there. Those tusks are gonna sell out fast. Oh yeah. I mean, it's the problem. Everyone thought you wanted to keep Grogu a surprise, which I understand. But then you didn't have anything for Christmas till the next year. And same thing with Ray. When Ray came out, nothing with her with the lightsaber because that was a big reveal. Oh, now it's Christmas, and you don't have a, a ray with a lightsaber to sell to all the new fans till next year. You're losing that opportunity by keeping this kind of uh, everything secret, which, again, for storytelling is important, but there's more than that. And I just checked the Cobb Van uh, Black Series won't ship until July. So... So weird. I don't get it. <laughs> no, it but it makes it will make its return because we're gonna be talking about cop vans a little oh. bit later. I'm gonna be asking a few questions at the end. Okay. So okay. we talked a little bit about the Toscans in this first episode, this Toscan hierarchy, right? We have the little kid, we have this warrior, and then we have this kind of shaman captain leader, mm -hmm. just very stoic in the back with his little what did they call in episode two, that black pumpkin or any whatever with the milk that they were drinking? It was like a coconut. Yeah, that black melon. Yeah, that coconut. Man, I thought it was like some kind of creature poop that just held water <laughs> in there. That's yeah, what I, I don't know. What it is. <laughs> we don't know. He called it, I think, a black melon when he's talking again, just jumping a little bit, talking to the to the pikes. Oh, we're not gonna survive without our water train. You each gonna take a melon and you're gonna get the hell out of here before we kill you. Um, but then he's working with this Rodian, couldn't escape. The kid took them first to see some raiders or something attacking this homestead, mm -hmm. which then come back at the on episode two. And then he they start digging for these watermelons, animal poop out there. And the big thing is this reveal of this weird creature. We start seeing the claw come out, and then as I call it, this sand golem pops out of nowhere. Tatooine is a very harsh place, and he starts kicking the crap out of everyone. I was extremely surprised because, yeah, it's not a, a crate dragon. We saw them already. What else lives on Tatooine? And then this four-armed 
stop motion multi multi combat character comes out what were your what was your reaction Otto, when you saw this 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 sand golem as i call him it reminded me of a creature from uh spike it's too um <laughs> the island of lost dreams mm -hmm. and yeah it was fun it was just a silly <laughs> creature yeah <laughs> It it took me out of, of the show, <laughs> and I don't want to I don't want to be a little too harsh on it because I'm pretty sure there's a poly story uh, a story involved uh, in the design of the of the creature, um, but you know it's great to see that uh, that Robert Rodriguez is having fun with this and mm. and it it also serves to remind us that not to take this like way too yeah. seriously, like it's okay if it takes you out it's okay to maybe complain about it but come on. Two years from now, if you're still complaining about it, something's wrong. Oh, no. Sequel trilogy. Uh, <laughs> so I'm in the same boat because I saw it and I'm like, this is a stop motion creature, which I get. I know. I get it. All the Star Wars creators love all these uh, olden stuff, the way it was done before, uh, the history behind it, uh, Ray Helsen, all those great movies that I love watching those. Do we need that type? Because there's a lot of stop motion going on now that doesn't look like 1960s stop motion, like this look. At the beginning, that creature coming out, okay, that's a miniature stop motion. We get it. Would it be better as a CG? Maybe. So it took me out for a little bit, but it doesn't change the story. The story is still the same if the creature design works or not. So I was able, as you said, just come back. Yeah, it's fun. They had fun with it. He got choked the same way that Jabba the Hutt got choked. So a little bit of a callback there. And then the kid kind of sees, oh, and he's giving me the head so I can kind of come back with the trophies, not use, using this over my head to kind of, hey, I'm better than everyone. So I, I love that there he starts getting this kind of relationship with this kid, that there might be some respect there. They make it back to the village. Then the chief kind of offers him the water. He's been asking for 20 hours. And then we start getting that relationship going. So from then we jump into episode two and the the flashback back there, and then we get that we get Boba Fett training with this Tuscan warrior that's played by Joanna Bennett, a great um, actress, stunt, stunt woman, Captain Marvel, a bunch of other stuff, and we start getting more with them. Um, did you like how we started getting this relationship between Boba Fett? mostly this Tuscan warrior, but with the whole kind of village that they have there. Yeah. Yeah. I, again, I, I have no problem with the, with the flashbacks. They're actually like one of the strongest elements of the show, like the mm -hmm. story in the flashback. And I, I really, I, I love that we're still fleshing out the Tuscan Raiders. It, it could have been enough with what we had in Mandalorian that in both mm -hmm. both seasons we get a moment of hey look these people are really people whatever, but they've continued you know to double down on that and it's been great. Yeah, there's a there's been a mystery with the Tuscans, uh, especially with their attires. Like why do they mm -hmm. wear that? Yeah, and we got a little bit of that uh, of of a reason is that you know there's water and at a, just similar to the Pikes where there's they're um, there's something underneath it that we we don't know yet, uh, and and but to get a little bit of the history that there's tribes and all, all that mm -hmm. stuff is kind of it's pretty interesting and I and I love and I think that's what everybody's responding. That's why everybody's right now is loving uh, mm -hmm. the Tuscans. So two questions: one, do you think, and then the second, do you want 
Do you think we're going to see a Tuscan without their mask or their helmet? Do you think we're going to get them at some point? And do you want to see it? I don't think you might. Well, what I'll, do you think? I'll, I'll say yes and yes. <laughs> I want to see it. And I think that I think there's a question at the end about this and the Tuscans and their involvement. So mm. I'll leave it for that. Okay. But I think that we might get a surprise that one of those Tuscans could be like out there. Oh, I might know what you're saying. We'll get to it. Um, I go back and forth. Honestly, I don't want to see it. And the only way it's if it like Mando, if from like Dean Jordan, he decides to take it off. I don't want oh, someone yeah. to come and beat the crap out of someone and just forcibly take them out. Even that might work uh, story-wise. I don't want that. And I, I don't know. Will we see it? Maybe, maybe. But I'm not 100% on board that I might want to see it. Who knows? Yeah. That's storytelling out there. Uh, but yeah, like you said, Roberto, we talked a little bit about it at the beginning. There's We learned that there's different Tuscan tribes. They survive different ways out there. So they're not all mercenaries or these sand people, raiders killing everyone. So it's great to start getting a little bit more because in Mando, yeah, we saw they have a culture, they talk through sign language and different uh, vocalizations, and now we get a little bit more. And then we get this train that comes by. When you guys saw the noises and then saw this, something coming towards them, I thought, oh, here we go. It's a uh, great dragon is coming and they're going to have to deal with it. Do you guys have any idea when we, you saw this train? What were your thoughts? Yeah, I, I thought it was a great dragon again. Which bummed yeah. me out because I didn't want the same story we yeah. had. But yeah, yeah uh, it, same. I thought it was a dragon too. Uh, <laughs> it was surprised and like a good one that it was actually a crane and not the same creature. Mm -hmm. Because I was like, how many creatures is Bobo going to fight? <laughs> so yeah. I was like, yeah. Yeah, so this is one of the things that was spoiled to me, that there were pikes out there. And I saw a picture right. of a pike out of a window. And when I saw that train and then a pike show up, I'm like, oh, yes, the pikes. I knew they were here. Crap. It doesn't change the story, but that was a surprise I wanted to get. Uh, and then we have... Oh, yeah, it was bad. It was bad. <laughs> the first episode. Yeah. The spoilers. Oh, yeah. Spoilers I, I, I've, out seen there. No I've seen no spoilers whatsoever. No? So for the first one, I woke up like at 10 a.m. and oh. literally sat down to watch it. And for the second one, I woke up at 6 a.m. No, 5.45 to watch it. So the first one, I had that day off. I had asked for it off. So I was able to watch it like at 9 in the morning. So I said, I'm not going to get on Twitter, so I'll just watch it. Second episode, I watched with my family. I had to go to work. But no, people didn't give a f about it people were putting pictures putting gifts like a bantha that was there at six in the morning and then we'll get into black or santan he was there i'm like what the dude just wait till friday no people didn't care i tweeted, I tweeted about black Santan on friday and i felt horrible doing it <laughs> yeah <laughs> no, don't worry everyone that pikes the black chewbacca which was one of the great oh man me and i'm gonna Hopefully, Otto, you can give us a little backstory. I didn't know anything. I'd seen the character before, but seeing that in live action just blew my mind how awesome it looked. And I can't wait to see how it's going to play out. But Thank anyway, you. so we, we get this train. They start killing a bunch of people. Hey, hats off to the poor Banthas. A lot of them got killed today and then just serve as little places to hide behind. <laughs> Man, poor Banthas. We love you. 
Uh, but then <laughs> I love that Boba Fett comes. I'm going to take down the train. Just give me a stick and a rifle. I'll be back in the morning. I'm like, dude, really? You're good, but you're not that good. But then he goes to what we know now is Anchor Head. And we got the same Raiders that we saw in episode one. Uh, we get the guys from the behind the scenes of episode it's one. New Hope. Tammy and I don't know who the, the other guy is. Honestly, I couldn't care less. And I'm sorry out there. Yeah, they're great. That's fan service, which is great. I know people are freaking out about them. Oh, yeah, they're canon. I've okay. I've seen those deleted scenes, and honestly, I had no idea. And I didn't even know it was Tachi Station. Like, <laughs> and and you know what? It was a good you know um, way to introduce it and put it in the show because it would have been so jarring if it was like, oh. We need some power converters. Oh, <laughs> I know just the place. That would have been horrible. There's a sign on the door. Touch your station. <laughs> oh, that would have been horrible. So good job, guys. Like you pulled mm. it off. Yeah, that's that's why we're on Twitter sometimes, so we can find out who these people are and where they are. Yeah. Uh, so he gets all these speeder bikes, go back to the village, and then we get the now famous GIF. Oh, it's, this goes forward, this goes back. Like a bantha, you just ride it. And then we get that train sequence, which got my solo loving heart up in a tizzy. <laughs> I love every second because I'm like, this is solo. We already got a Wookiee. We got a train heist. We got pikes. We got soup bikes. We got a campfire scene. This is solo a rehash, and I love every single <laughs> second of it. Uh, so I love that training scene because now he got trained by the Tuscan. Now he's training them, so it's a little bit of give and take. And we have this great action scene that, like you said, Roberto, we didn't get a lot of action in the first episode. We get a lot of this in this scene, at least. Uh, overall thoughts about the scene in general. General, Roberto, we'll start with you. Uh, it was, uh, I, I absolutely loved it. And, but yeah, it was like, I, I, the second time was while I watched it, I was like, man, a lot of Tuscan Raiders are getting me killed. Yes, <laughs> you didn't help them too well. A lot of them got, yeah, yeah. and those spinner bikes, a lot of them just, okay, thank you, bye. Yeah, so it, it was it, it was a lot of fun. It was uh, uh, very thrilling to see what the, the Tuscans can really do. Um, and you know what? I you know the second episode, I, and I'll mention this now is um, it's freaking funny, man. There's there's a lot of great mo uh, moments here where you know I, I just bursted out laughing where like uh, where they droid conductor droid just kind of <laughs> jumped out the window and just said no nah, yeah. i want a part of this yeah. Uh, but yeah everything was everything was done really really well I, I i can't tell you how beautiful this show is and when it's at its best it's at its best and the, the train heist was just so good yeah and talking about funny moments when he's training the the toscan from jump from one speeder to the other he's always falling down but the first time he falls, a speedy behind him rolls in, rolls over him. So you're like, boom, boom. <laughs> Poor guy. Fall like four times, got rolled over. Uh, but Oti, train heights, anything else? Yeah, it was fun. It, it was funny. It, yeah, it worked. It perfectly worked. Yeah. And we had uh, the warrior at some... That's another... Do you think we'll get names for some of these Tuscans? We just call them Tuscan warrior, Tuscan kid. Do you think we'll get names? Or do they have they, names? I don't know. They, they have names. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Maybe a little thing on the on the bottom. Uh, but then she, she crashes the speed into the train, goes into the 
one of the cars, beats the crap out of everyone, throws them out the window. And like you said, Robert, at the end, that droid didn't want anything to do with it, just yeets it out the window. The design of the droid running on all four or six legs reminded me of one of those kind of Transformer movies, one of those little droids. I was like, eh, okay, this, I can't take the golem, this Transformer droid, I'm not too much into it. I saw someone compare it to General Grievous running on all fours. And yeah, it did have that kind of a little bit of vibe, but funny moment. And it, you need those types of levities. Uh, but yeah, they take down the, the train. Then we see the Pikes Spice. I don't know what Spice is. But then we have what everyone kind of love about this episode is Boba Fett saying, no, this is their land. You're trespassing on their land. You're going to have to pay that tax if you're here. Just walk out of there. You're under their protection. And that's when they kind of say, OK, this he's one of us now. We have that whole so, so Amy's adding. I want to give props to Otty for providing the Tuscan characters' names. Yeah, we'll put that on the. I'm fluent in Tuscan. <laughs> Replay, put that on Twitter. Yeah. When I do my little recaps for people out there to come watch the show and don't miss, we got that scoop. We got a scoop. That first name will be out there just with this, this growl. Tuscan translator. <laughs> uh, but then we have no Tuscan rights, as people are calling it out there, which we got a little bit in, in Mando when he's talking with Cop Vanth, but obviously here is tenfold. And of course, okay. This is gonna help it. First, they dress him up in the black robes. And my horror story, we got a, a lizard. I'm not a fan of lizards. So when that thing, Paul, here's your guy, he's gonna guide you or something. It's, oh, a lizard? And then it goes up its nose. I almost threw up. I almost said, okay, Boba Fett, we're done. I'm not gonna be watching this anymore. Freaked me out. But then we have his kind of vision, his spice dream, I guess. more A little bit more flashbacks to Camino. And then it comes out with the, the the wood stick to make his gaffy stick. So overall thoughts, Oti, on the more humanization of the Tuscans, what it means just in representation of Native Americans, indigenous people, and then when it takes Boba Fett as we end uh, the flashback scenes. Yeah, so um, quick comment on the lizard thing. I <laughs> love that line of Boba Fett being like, oh, great. I will allow it to guide me. Like, what? <laughs> yeah, it's like, whatever. But, okay, so regarding the Tuscans and the indigenous people. So I love how this kind of justifies um, not explaining everything in one story. And I'm referring to um, uh, New Hope when we actually meet them, uh, the mm -hmm. Tuscan Raiders. And... You know, it would have been very weird for Obi-Wan to stop the, the movie and be like, oh, look, no, these are people who've been, you know, that's that wouldn't fit the story. But it, it's like very tip of the iceberg storytelling, like everything in Star Wars, like you see or meet someone or see something and maybe years down the line in a story, in a book, TV show, whatever, you'll get you'll get that fleshed out completely and learn every single detail about it. And I really liked it. I, I, I'm, as I said, I'm a fan of how they've dealt with it since Mandalorian, mm -hmm. and it's it's so close to home. I quick story. I, I lived in Spain for a year, and I, I had this literature teacher who, you know, spoke about Spaniards coming to mm -hmm. to America and you know conquering over those wild people. <laughs> So it, it's very close to home. Like yeah. I, I was like, 
there's people who yeah who see indigenous people like that mm-hmm. and you know in in the united states like they're still out there they still have their reservations but in puerto rico like yeah. no, there's people like taino, yeah there, there's people who claim they're taino but we know it's it's gone it's completely <laughs> mm-hmm. gone <laughs> So yes. yeah. every Puerto Rican that you ask, yeah, I'm a mix of three cultures, native Taino, black slave, and white Spaniards. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. that's hundred yeah, yeah. generations in the past. And you, you see the white people, you see the black people, and the Tainos, they're gone. Yeah. All right. So, Roberto, ending yeah, uh, this, this scene. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, of course. Uh, <clears throat> Enriching the the Tuscan is it's 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 fantastic, uh, but I'm you know in in my second viewing, you know uh, I I kind of you know it makes sense of what we saw in the first uh, episode with especially with Boba Fett, uh, you know Boba Fett uh, doesn't really have a family. His dad mm-hmm. was taken away. Uh, so he he really has no culture. He just kind of has an idea of what uh, you know Mandalorians are. Uh, so it, so when we see him with the Tuscans, we see him go through those rituals, those robes, uh, mm-hmm. the building uh, of his weapons through them. So he kind of has found a a family, and he's going through the things that he should have gone uh, in his teenage years um, with those. And 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 you know, I wonder. And of course, with the lizard, you know, he's <laughs> that was weird scene because you would it, it was clearly unexpected. And but mm-hmm. then you see him go into the, the tree and almost get a little erotic with it. <laughs> but you see him, you see him break, uh, break the limb. And so he it's very, it's very heavy on the symbolism, but mm-hmm. it, it's fantastic because you see how open-minded these Tuscans are and how welcoming they are. They just needed him to kind of prove himself mm-hmm. and they're giving him the, the teenage growth that he should have gone, that he should have gotten to uh, when he was, yeah, when he was a teenager. So it's, it's a nice, it's a nice uh, uh, thing when you see people coming together and, and so, yeah, it's, it's, it's fantastic. All that stuff is fantastic. And I want more of it. Yeah. And it all that teenage relationship or experiences that they, he didn't have kind of ties to all those flashbacks to Camino, <clears throat> seeing his dad leave in the enslaved one, fire spraying, butterfly starship, whatever you want to call it, uh, seeing his dad's helmet at the beginning of the first episode it's all that like you said Otti, we're not flashback into the original trilogy oh i'm chasing han solo no this is when he lost his father and all those things that he missed missed on experiences growing up and then it kind of touched on what you just said roberto so it's great how they finish with the flashback in this episode and now going to present time I, so I, I just yeah. want to throw in a quick question so I heard uh, Alex Damon from Star Wars Explained, you mm-hmm. know, talk about that scene with the tree and how it's like an identity moment. Like he's trying to figure out, figure out who he is. So I want to throw in a question to you guys. Do you think like there's been questions about, oh, why did he take so long to find the suit? Do we think that maybe he's like, you know what? I don't need that suit anymore. I don't want to be a bounty hunter. I'm fine here where I am. <sighs> You know, um, when he when he got stripped from the job was stripped from the from the uniform, it's like 
I think that's stripping his, his identity away mm -hmm. because he's he's very similar to Luke in a way that, you know, I'm a Jedi like the father before me. I'm a mm -hmm. bounty hunter like my father before me. So who is he without uh, without the armor? So it, 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 there's still things that the show needs to fill in, like what's his motivation to change after falling mm -hmm. into the star pit. I know there's death that he probably seems, sees himself dying like his father and probably doesn't want that. But what's his motivation to like, cause he, I feel like he could easily escape the Tuscans. Mm -hmm. Like it shouldn't, it wouldn't yeah. be that hard, but there's a reason he's staying there. And maybe it's that found family that he he's, He's been yearning to have, but that's something that the show hasn't filled out yet. So we'll we'll wait and see what it does. But that's my theory. That's yeah. what I think. Um, I don't know. I don't. I I seen that out there. I didn't think about it. I know it's been five years basically. He's he escaped the Sarlacc to when he finds it in Mandalorian season two. Um, I don't know. Something has to motivate him to find the armor. Maybe he, like you said, he doesn't need it anymore. He's found his found family, like you said, Roberto. He's finding that Tuscan culture. But maybe it's when he sees Fennec Shan, kind of another bounty hunter, assassin, kind of killed and left for dead with no one. And that fate sometimes steps in to save the wretched, wretched that she said in the in Mando. He said it, says it in, in Boba Fett. So me seeing her and, oh, I can't let another person go through this. I know my armor is out there. Let me go get it. And then I have to deal with all this bounty hunting stuff and be that crime lord to kind of stop it. So maybe it was finding Fennec Shan because we don't know their relationship. Is this uh, from the past that they know each other? Is that the first time they met and formed that bond? So I don't know. Uh, I, ha I have a theory. Of course. I if you have a question, I'm sure you have an answer for it. So let's, <laughs> let's get it. Yeah, I just thought about it. Could something horrible happen to to these Tuscans and then he's like, you know, I have to get this criminal thing in order. Uh, may, I you mean, know, the, the, introducing the spikes uh, kind of complicates things because mm -hmm. now they're messing with something that, that, you know, it's really out of their control. So possibly, yeah. Yeah. We'll see. It's still early. It's only two episodes. We got four more to go. Five more, I should say. But I was going to touch on this at the beginning, but I have it on my present time notes. It's seen a new show where the lead actors are basically almost 60. We have Tamura Morrison, I think 61, Mingna Wen, 58. Uh, we have, I just forgot her name, Jennifer Beals, 58 also. The main cast is up there in age. When we get all these new shows, it's young people, younger cast, so they can play these characters for 10 years. But it's great seeing this resurgence, especially in Star Wars, because Mandalorian also, Pedro Pascal is up there, 40s or 50s, I'm sure. Getting to have those people, real life actors out there that a lot of them have said, especially the females, female actors, when you get to a certain age, you don't book a bunch of roles. So it's great seeing this older generation being embraced by the fans, especially because we all love seeing, yeah, of course you got to bring Tamura back. Who cares if he's a little bit slower than he was 20 years ago? He needed to be Boba Fett. And you know what? It's it's kind of true to what Star Wars is because um, this is infamous story or famous story where Lucas actually hired Lee Brackett to write uh, Empire Strikes Back. She died mm -hmm. before she could make the movie. But, you know, she was like this old author, a female older um, author, and she wasn't getting gigs in Hollywood. And George was like, hey, you know what? I want you to write my next movie. So it's, it's true to the spirit of Star Wars. Yeah. All right. So present time. 
he gets utterly backed up. People are here. They want to meet you. They're bringing their tributes. We talked. We said it already. This is very Godfather-like. He's sitting there on his throne. People are bringing tributes to him. Someone gives him a Wookiee pelt, which I'm sure Black or Santa wouldn't be too happy about it. And then we get apologies. Apologies. The mayor's not here. Apologies. I love him. I know he's over the top with his hand <laughs> movement as all we Hispanics are. And he always, oh, apologies, but I'm here for this. And then, oh, oh sorry, you might get another contingent soon. Uh, do you like this kind of Godfather kind of vibe, Sopranos vibe out there for the present time Boba Fett story? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's uh, it, I love that guy. He's <laughs> it, it, very polite and, and in a in a weird way, but but that's the thing that I I that I actually am looking for. I think everybody's looking forward mm -hmm. to and uh, this very Godfather is family. And he, and I'm getting a little ahead of myself, but even the word family uh, is mentioned um, by the mayors. Like so, so you see that. This is very much, uh, you know, there, there are rules that I think Bubble Fit doesn't even know about. Mm -hmm. So this this is very exciting to uncover those rules as we go along. What What's the do's and do nots of yeah, it's like, the family? Fennec Shan is the one that tells, oh, things will be, go a lot easier if you follow their ways. Mm -hmm. And he kind of turns it back on her. But Oti, you're liking this? Oh, this I... Vibe? I I just rewatched Sopranos. I just <laughs> binge watched um, Peaky Blinders. I'm currently watching Boardwalk Empire. So I'm in that gangster <laughs> mafia mood. So yeah. yes, yes. And regarding the Mayordomo, he's stupid. He's stupid. He's stupid, <laughs> but I love him. I love him when Star Wars is stupid. I just yeah. love it. <laughs> well, he shows up on the second episode. No, he's indisposed and, for the next week. And, oh, you can't go in there. You can't go. Oh, apologies. He just walked in. <laughs> And oh. that guy who's at the reception at the mayor's office, <laughs> yeah. he's also so stupid. I love them. Yeah, even my wife was saying when he showed up, oh, he's not gonna be on the on the schedule or something to be seen. Oh, you're not in the schedule to be seen. And he's like just walking around, like shut the hell up. I'm going in. Then we get <laughs> our friend. I'm gonna skip. We're skipping a little. So the mayor, I love this guy also. Just the design of this Ethorian with the little hair, the little fuzz that he has. Just I just want to squish his head so much. I love That's, that design, and I, I love that they, huh? No, 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 go ahead, go ahead. I was just saying that I love that he has this translator, but it doesn't just go straight to basic. You hear a little bit of the Ethorian and then it gets translated. So it's not as jarring as seeing this squid person just talking English. I love what that they did. We talked about the design in the golem creature being a little, eh. This Ethorian and the way that decided to make the speech work was top notch, at least for me. Yeah. Can we get the picture again? Yeah, of course. I love oh, the mayor. That looks like such an uncomfortable suit for Kira to be wearing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're gonna go there. So you're saying now? I was that said on it was Kira, but I was pleasantly surprised when it was the Ethorian we saw in the trailer. I, I, I'm a firm believer. Like I love having theories. I I love having mm -hmm. like weird batshit uh, theories, but I also love them when they're wrong. Yeah. So everyone was. Freaking out after episode one. Who's the mayor? Who's the mayor? Dude, if you have the captions in the trailer, it tells you who the mayor is. Yeah, yeah. So Lisa was fine there. 
But again, back to episode one, the mayor Domo says, the mayor's not here. I mean, the mayor's here, he's not coming, and you have to pay him. And if you're not going to do it, you might get another, another group coming. I'm just letting you know. But then he goes and visits Goisa Fwip. And I got to say, a lot of young nerds became men when, they, when she goes, kind of does that little brush of the arm and... <laughs> A lot of us were like, I get it, Boba. I get it. But so that whole scene, we get the Cantina, we get Max Rebo back, Cantina Latina, what else? That's the best name ever for this new <laughs> song. Uh, so the vibe here in, in Goisa Fuip, I think is the name, in Goisa's kind of sanctuary that she has. And we'll get in, we'll just go as you're talking about this scene. Do you trust either her or the mayor? Do you trust any any one of them? Oh, Otil, we'll go with you first. I trust her a little bit. I don't trust the mayor because I think he's a gangster too. And I think it's heavily implied, especially for a, a line in episode two. We can discuss when we get there. But I, I trust her. I can't trust her a bit. Are you sure? If Boa Bo, Bo, Bo pays her enough, I can trust her. I mean, I would trust her also. If you have a twilight I, like this, I might, I might I, fall a little bit with her than my squishy mayor, but... I love yeah. Twi'leks, so I'm biased. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> your your eyes are doing the thinking for you. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't trust her at all because everybody has to play their game. Everybody yeah. has to keep their business uh, going. So whatever she's uh, playing, she's in it for herself. So mm. she doesn't she doesn't care about Boba Fett. <laughs> she doesn't know if he's gonna stay or go. So. Yeah, yeah, she's in it for herself. <laughs> we'll come back to it. But then after he walks out, then he, he and uh, first, I got to say, I love the Gamorians. I love that finally mm -hmm. the Gamorians are not the butt of the joke. They're kicking butt with their little axes. They save Boba and Fennec. So I love seeing that finally these big brutes are doing something. Um, but they get attacked by this band of assassins that everyone was, including myself, is that Crimson Dawn. But then it gets revealed that there was the Order of the Night Wind. But they get attacked. A lot of people had some issues with that fight scene. But then Gamorians comes, they get saved. Boa Fett blasts one of them, one of them and then sends Fennec Shan to get the other ones, bring him alive. So... Roberto, you had a little bit of issue with this fight scene. Oh yeah, yeah, I did. Um, it, it because I I had no idea what they were doing. Those uh, mm -hmm. it, it wasn't on Tomerison or or Fennec. It was on those Nightwing characters because I had no idea what they were doing. Were they <laughs> were they trying there to send a message? Were they there to kill them? Were they there to kidnap okay. them? Were they there to rough them up a little? I, I have I have no idea. We get that little bit of explanation in episode two, but is there? There's like there's bad at your job and then what they did <laughs> i have no idea what they did so and then it turned into this parkour thing yeah and but uh going back to what you were saying with the gomorians the fact that i saw them kick ass and yeah. fennec shan i could see her be physical all day so mm -hmm. those two things were uh, the highlight of that yeah. uh action set for me i love the gomorian because it you could feel the weight behind their attacks. Every time they mm. brought down that axe, you could feel the, those shields breaking. And yeah, the, the parkour is a little bit weird or different for Star Wars. Seeing them kind of swinging for everything, taking each step perfectly. <laughs> it's kind of weird. We haven't seen it before. But again, it didn't kind of ruin the episode or anything. 
Uh, so, Oti, you okay with this fight scene as that first episode comes to an end and then Boba's kind of just take me back to my to my back uh, up. Uh, you yeah. took me out too early. I got to rejuvenate again. Yeah, because they're not shying away from the fact that he's an old man. Like mm -hmm. he's he and he's been through some, you know, tough moments, tough, you know, physically daunting moments. Mm -hmm. So it made sense for me. Like, yeah, he can still kick some butt. But if he gets hit, he's gonna feel it later. Like he's gonna need like two bills at the next day. <laughs> so yeah, a couple of a leaf, some yeah, some big vapor rub. I'm Thank like you, Roberto. Yeah. If, if we yeah. see Mingna Wen kicking butt, yeah, I'll just like it. I, I won't question yeah. it at all. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So then episode two basically picks up right where episode one kind of ended. So these first two episodes, at least present time, it's only been a few hours. They bring this assassin to, I guess, to Boba Fett's now temple. And then he gets duped into thinking there's a rancor down there. For a second, I'm like, wait, is that rancor still alive? He's going to be old. Oh, no, that's right. He's dead. There's no one down there. But he's like, oh, no, no, the mayor sent me. Do we think the mayor really sent him? And then we get that scene later. But because the mayor said, oh, they're not allowed to work outside of hot space. And there are no huts or anywhere in Tatooine. So this is in hot space. So do you think the mayor really hired him or it was someone else? Um, I, I think it was the huts. Okay. I think it was uh, the mayor because okay. they shot him really, really fast as soon as uh, the mm -hmm. mayor said something. It's like, oh, yes. And they, they, they didn't even hesitate. And Again, there's uh, there's a line where it explains why they were bad at their job. Uh, yeah, you're paying for the name, I think, is what they say. You're name. paying for the name, yeah. So if you but if you're a hut, you kind of know the inner circle of the underworld. So you know who's good at their job yeah. and who's bad at their job. But if you're the mayor, you yeah. probably don't know. You think, oh, this okay. guy with it now. Does he know yeah. that the little sweet He's, guy, <laughs> little fuzzy yeah, but, eyes? Uh, I think so he, yeah. he's playing his game, but yeah, he doesn't know. So it's yeah, everyone's was... playing a game there because I don't trust what, when he's saying, no, I didn't hire them. You got to go talk to two guys over there. She's the one hiding information. And then he shows up back like, okay, what's up? Give me the download. Oh, what are you talking? Oh, the mayor said you had some, oh yeah, the twins are back. Right, really? A little, that information is a little bit important. And then we jump to these huts. So we had the hot twins coming, come up and they disrupt everything. I had zero idea that we were going to get HOTS, at least this early on. So were you guys surprised to see these new HOT twins? And what do you thought about their design, kind of prequel trilogy kind of looking? Yeah, I was 100% uh, surprised with it. I, I was not expecting it. Um, I'm not that worried that they're CGI because of the circumstances of mm -hmm. the scene, like sure. they're being carried. So it makes sense. Maybe we'll get practical HOTS later on. In Andor, <laughs> hopefully, and but yeah, I, I really like their inclusion. I love, you know, that that one cleaning the sweat with the rat. Like, <laughs> yeah, oh my it's god! So, it's but, like it is so weird and disgusting. Like the house when Java's eating that frog and then yeah. spitting it out in the prequel trilogy. It's <laughs> <Whoa. laughs> I thought it was gonna be oh, okay. That no, it's the five minutes. Just uh, yes, rat, get all my. <laughs> Of my wrinkles so down there, bizarre. of my folds. Uh, yeah. So, Roberto, you like that house when they showed up? 
Oh, absolutely. I, uh, yeah, completely like you guys. I had no idea that they were going to show up this early. But can we talk about those drums that, that oh, when you started yes. hearing them? How great was that sound? And so when I started hearing them, I was like, no way. No way they're mm-hmm. bringing a hut that uh, this early or in the show this early. Mm-hmm. And they did. And once they did, they freaking looked great. I know it was CGI. And it didn't it didn't look good at like more uh, press as prosthetics, but I didn't care. You know yeah. the fact that they had little designs underneath <laughs> their lips and all that the red color the different colors between them it, all that stuff is just like uh, yeah it was it, yeah. was it was amazing. I love. I it. saw someone on on Twitter kind of said that they look like the hearts from the Clone Wars with the kind of tribal mm-hmm. tattoos, all the kind of square jaws and stuff. So it does have that kind of vibe. And yeah, of course, gotta be CGI. They're not gonna be carrying like twenty people that it takes to to car- to work those hot costumes. But I love also if you see that people carrying the hot, especially some of the ones up front, they were shaking holding those two people there, <laughs> those two giant slugs for five minutes. It's bowing down, and like just finish talking. <laughs> uh, but I love seeing them. Their Jabba's cousin cousins. They're coming back, and then. This guy, Oti, I'm gonna jump to you. Tell me what your thoughts when you saw this big guy walk into the screen. Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> so I'm a big comic book guy. Mm-hmm. I love comic books. I love Star Wars comic books. And Black Crescent on it, I think yeah, it is. Yeah, we'll go with it. Yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> he appears in uh, he he appears in the Star Wars mainline. He fights Obi Wan Kenobi, actually. Oh, Ben Kenobi, actually. <laughs> about a year before the Kenobi series is supposed mm-hmm. to take place. So he's like this bounty hunter that Jabba hires because um, Jabba imposes like a water tax. And mm-hmm. when he sends his, his thugs over to collect from the uh, Owen, Owen Lars's home, uh, Kenobi just shows up and <laughs> kill, you know, sends them away. So he hires this Wookiee bounty hunter to take care of Kenobi and of course, he he can't take care of him because it's only one Kenobi, and but he also appears in in Afra. He works with um, he's actually worked with Boba Fett. So when I saw him show up, my jaw dropped for like a second, and I was like, okay, but it's probably not him. Like, you know, yeah, Black Wookie bounty hunter. Yeah. Like, oh, it's obviously him. But Star Wars has this weird thing of sometimes like, oh, there there was one in the comics. Oh. Yeah. What a coincidence! Like, okay, so I, I was actually pleasantly surprised that they used him. And and uh, fun fact: Have you guys read um, War of the Bounty Hunters? I just read the first episode. I didn't keep up with it. If you, no, do you guys I, I have mind, it, but I haven't read it. Do you guys mind if I spoil it? Or yeah, go ahead. So it's interesting to see new huts because Darth Vader murders all of them in the comic. Yeah. So. Okay. I know that there were other huts trying when they were trying to get um, Han Solo. All these other the buff hut came into play, and a lot of the, yeah, that, that was weird. Stupid. Okay, Orti, I have a question. Do you know what happens to Jawa's son? Uh, no. Uh, what's his name? Um, I can't remember. Stinky. No, it's not Stinky. It's uh, oh, no. <laughs> that's a uh, uh, Rada, Rada, I think. Rada. And who's the one? Let me see. Is that the same one from the Clone Wars movie? Mm, In the no, Clone uh, Wars movie, yeah, Ahsoka yeah, and the baby. Do, yeah, the, isn't that Rota? And they I call can't, him Stinky. I can't. Anyway, 
They call them stinky, so yeah, yeah, it should be. Yeah, they're probably all stinky. Uh, anyway, you made those rats. Just what happened to God. what happened to him? I don't know. He in visions he started a band, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, because uh, like Mo has I, I the have answer. A theory. I have a yes, theory because uh, she knows. I have a theory because it kind of aligns with what the what what I think the show is about. Mm-hmm. But we'll we'll see, um, we'll see with that. And um, but yeah, the huts just um, look really cool. And I thought right. they, they did it. I, I wasn't oh, yeah, really... because, uh, oh, it, go ahead. It was, oh, uh, sorry. It was, but as far as Croissant, uh, or whatever his name is, yeah, when Chris I saw Hampton. him, <laughs> <laughs> when I saw him, I was like, I knew who he was because I've seen pictures of him uh, mm-hmm. before, but I had no, uh, um, I don't know any real thing about him. But just the fact that he looked menacing yeah. was enough for me. Yeah. Just the and the way he stares down Boba Fett, it's like, yeah, I, I don't care you're Boba Fett. That fool's gonna kick your butt, yeah. regardless. <laughs> so just the the fact that they introduced them, it just set the set the show to a whole new different level. Because mm-hmm. you know if they fight, it's gonna be good. Yeah. So this so, was yeah. unfortunately something I got spoiled with, to me also uh, because first it was people saying, "Oh, if you love the comics, you're gonna love this episode." That's fine. That doesn't spoil anything. Yeah, you were one of those. But that's fine. There's 20,000 Star Wars comics book out there. You don't know. But then someone posted just a picture from a comic book of Black or Santa. Oh, oh I can't believe this is real now. <laughs> but when he showed up, we've talked a little bit about creature design. That's a design, man. That Wookiee look. Like you said, Rota, he's going to kick some butt. He just stood there, didn't say a single word, and he'll be back, and I can't wait to see what's going to happen. And then... He talks to the hearts. They say, okay, we don't need the bloodshed right now. And then he has that conversation with, with Fennec. Oh, do you think it's over? We think you resolve it. Eh, no, it's not no. over. And if you want to kill a heart, you're going to have to get permission. From who? Very gangster. Yeah. Does he have the only bosses, mm-hmm. the only crime bosses to be able to kill a heart? And now we're getting to that crime lore, kind of crime, crime organization. That's going to be great going forward. I can, you can't kill a main guy. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I'll I'll say it. Yeah, what's because, your theory? Let's go. Because I think uh Java Sun might be behind all of this. So oh, it, it just it, it's just me. I'm just, I'm just thinking about this because uh, again, it just seems similar to uh you know, uh, Bobo Fett's past of of his father dying and taking this position mm. uh uh stinky uh, <laughs> Uh, father died and taking his position. I don't know how how the year gap so and uh, yeah, between those two. He's probably but, super uh, young. Oh, he probably is then. But I'm pretty sure. Okay, maybe he's not behind this, but I'm, I would be. It would be cool to have him play a role in the show. I mean, it wouldn't maybe. surprise. How many times have we seen in movies and TV shows where the son of the main bad guys usually at this scrawny kid that can't do anything and wants to prove to his father and to the other guys that he's able to take control of it. And it's usually a young person and sometimes they get kind of manipulated. So it might be that it's, even if he's young, we don't know. I mean, I'm sure Hots live hundreds of years. This guy might, I don't know how old, young they'll be. Man, if they had baby Yoda for at 50, they can have a young <laughs> 75-year-old Hot 
trying to be I'm taking over my dad's scrum organization. You know what? Ever since Boca Tan showed up and it was Katie Sackhoff, yeah. I don't care about age. Like yeah. if Kira wants to show up like Amelia Clark as is, I don't care. I don't really don't care, even if it doesn't add up. So let's let's go straight to theories and speculations as we start wrapping up and then we'll go to some questions. Let's start right there. I think Roberto, you had a question similar to this. Is there another big bad gonna show up at some point? When this show started or it was announced, my idea and a lot of people, oh, the big bad is gonna be Kira and Crimson Dawn. Now we get the hots kind of thrown in there as kind of the main bad guys. I still think that Kira's gonna show up at least episode six or seven. She she's gonna be there. Like uh, at the end of season one, that's when we got of Mandalorian. That's when we got freaking always forget his, his name. Just come on with a dark saber. So I think by the end of this uh, this series or this season, we're gonna see that Afra, that sorry, that Kira was behind it. Uh, do you guys think she will show up or keep her away at least for the first season? Um, Alti, I think. You wanna go? Okay, yeah, go ahead. Alti. Yeah. So all I'll say is that. I'm a, as I said, I love comic books, and if you, it's it's in Spanish, so maybe you guys won't be able to listen to it. But if you guys go to my pre-end game episode where we discussed um, theories, I got many of my theories right because Marvel does this thing where they introduce something in the comic books to like test it out before it comes out in a movie, mm-hmm. and it. I kind of thought that Star Wars was going to start doing the same thing because I was like why would you bring back Kira mm-hmm. in War of the Bounty Hunters and tell this big story about her if we're just plus, like right around the corner about a, a bounty hunter show? Yeah. And plus, and even now, the Crimson Rain story, just now this yeah. trilogy, like Charles it's, it's still going. It's, it's And you know what? Maybe it's a send-off. Maybe she dies and it will make any sense for her <laughs> to be in this story, but I'll I'll say she will. Uh, I'm, I'm optimistic. I want her to be on the show. If she's not on the show, that's totally fine. But I want her to be, so I'll stay. I'll still say, yeah, she's mm-hmm. gonna be on it. Uh, that would be awesome. I would absolutely love to see uh, Kira in this. And you know, this this uh, I guess what you were talking about is that uh, company synergy, you know, <laughs> going on. And yeah, it could very well uh, be true. But if she does. You know, there's this rumor that that I saw this past week that she was getting her own show or something. Yeah. Uh, but if that was the case, I mean, you know, it would be a great way to introduce her back into the Star Wars universe yeah. through the book of Boba Fett. Uh, of course, I I I don't think she's gonna. I honestly don't think she's gonna be there. But uh, there was the, there's the line that you. Uh, said Alberto where uh, if you want to kill a hut you got to get permission mm-hmm. and who the hell are you going to get permission yeah. from like who's who's that a uh, person above the huts that that you know you need to talk to and I have no I didn't give it much thought <laughs> but yeah. Uh, yeah I don't know I have no freaking idea all right it'll be interesting again we're just starting uh, so a few more before we jump into the questions because some of them kind of fall into it. But with these uh, flashbacks that we're doing to Camino, um, do you think in the coming weeks, maybe it'll be next week, we get a flashback when he's Obi-Wan fighting Django Fett on Tipoca City with 
Boba Fett kind of looking through the through the viewport of the ship. Do you think we'll get that as oh remember Kenobi's coming and then we're getting we're getting all this trauma? Do we see this? I'm kind of hope, thinking that maybe we get a, a little flashback to a, a young Ben Kenobi, Obi Wan Kenobi. I I don't think we'll get that scene, but I'll bet anything that we're gonna get Daniel Logan like playing Boba Fett in a flashback in some yeah. way because you know he's still alive, he's still young, he's acting. Bring him just as part of the celebration of the character. Is that it's again that company synergy to have uh, a young <laughs> Kenobi in uh, in Boba Fett as a flashback and then go into his show. Uh, yeah, I would absolutely love that. That sounds like a fantastic uh, way to do it. Um, I don't think uh, I don't think it would I don't think it would make sense to to do that. But I, there's also this other rumor that maybe Han will appear in in it and. Yeah. and the and the old the rumor that's going around is Harrison Ford. It's like why yeah. would you go with Harrison Ford when you got uh, Elden? Uh, but I don't know. So many rumors going around this show because uh, Boba Fett connects to a lot of characters, and it would yeah. make sense. But uh, if, if any if anybody, I think it would be possibly Lando. I, I, I don't know. I think Lando I kinda... would have more. Have uh, a valid connection to the underground more than Han. At that point, yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. And like Emmy said, there has to be that kind of. It makes sense the connection with Book of Boa. I mean, with what the bounty hunters. Just feel that it's relevant to this series. Like like you're saying, Amy. Um, yeah, those Han Solo rumors. I mean, I love my Han Solo. Please don't. Firstly, all, I mean. <laughs> Harrison Ford, don't de-age him. Yes, for this age, for this time period, does Alden look like Han Solo? You can do kind of what they did with Joseph Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Bruce Willis and kind of mix him. So I love, I'm sorry, give me all the hate. When I think of Han Solo now, I think of Alden. I know he didn't create the character, I, but that's the face, the first impression that comes is him. I don't know. To me, I, don't bring Han Solo to this. It's not needed. Don't keep I, him out of here. I'm with you. If we're going to get Han Solo, go. it's going to be Alden. Because yeah. I really, really, really doubt we're going to get Harrison Ford <laughs> one last time again. <laughs> for, the, <laughs> for the billionth time. So yeah. I, I mean, really doubt I, it. I would hate it also because it would bring back the same crap from the fandom mayors, dude bros, we you want to call them when Luke came back. See, this is how you do a send-off to Luke. Why did you kill Han Solo in The Force Awakens? This is how you should have done it. Just for that? No. And it doesn't make sense, at least right now, for the story that they're saying. That they're I, telling. I get, again, I don't need it, but if they're going to do it, I really hope it's all done. Yeah. Yeah. All out, right. of, out of all those characters, it's Kira. Kira that makes the most sense. Yeah, it yeah. makes okay. the most sense. All right, so that kind of brings an end to our book report on the first two episodes of Book of Boba Fett, but that doesn't mean we're done. We're going to go to our Rebel Thoughts when we listen from you guys, and you send us your questions or your thoughts on the episode on Rebel Thoughts. All the way, of course, we're Rebels, and the first one comes from our friend Toon Raider, at Toon Raider, he writes, let me find it here. There we go. 
I think featuring Black Chrysanthemum means nothing is off the table. I predict Cat Bane with a flashback to the Clone Wars scene where that do when they do making it canon. It it was unfinished deleted scene. Will also be cool to see Boba hire Bosk to help him fight fight Black Chrysanthemum. So Roberto, we'll start with you. We talked about cameos. I would love to see Cat Bane. I always was on board for Cat Bane present time but seeing how the back the flashbacks are going maybe we'll see that that deleted scene on a flashback uh bosk and all those other bounty hunters i really don't yeah this isn't their show but what are your thoughts about cat bane and will boba fett hire someone to help him fight this brand new wookie mercenary that kind of just dropped on his lap i i, I love the idea of bosk um but i don't <laughs> like cat bane i i, I in this uh, just because they already had their fight they already had mm -hmm. their moment and i i, I like it the way it kind of is mm -hmm. i don't know what cat bane is doing but uh yeah he could hire him because clearly he's gonna boba fett's gonna need help to take down this freaking massive wookie <laughs> and he's he's not this thin little wookie he's like <laughs> yeah. you know he's built underneath so yeah he's gonna need help but i love the boss idea i cat bane i could do without he, he so kind of needs a brawler, no? Yeah, I mean, for, for this guy, yeah. You don't bring Cat Bane to, to one of Black or something. So I just had one thing, but Oti, your thoughts on this? Uh, if we get Cat Bane, I think it'll be in flashbacks. I don't think we'll get him in present day. Um, Bosk, I don't know. I think Ming No Wen's going to fight the huge Wookiee. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's, that'll be interesting, but I mean... Fennec Shan has the chops, but again, that's a, that's a big guy. But we'll see. The thing with Cat Bane, thanks to Bad Batch, see, even though I didn't love Bad Batch, I still read their shirts. It was a Christmas gift, but it's a cool shirt. I'll take it. Um, it's because Cat Bane now has history with Fennec Shan, thanks to Bad Batch, and also, also with Boba Fett. So I think it kind of makes a little bit sense just to be there. But we'll see. Yeah. All right. Our friend... He, he was almost here a few weeks ago, but he had he had some eye surgery to deal with. Connor at Depa Banana, how you guys know, know him out there? He wrote to us and he asked, do you think that Tuscan will help Boba in the present day storyline? And this is something that came up in our show earlier. And I have my theory and I'll leave it till the end. So Otto, we'll start with you. Would he help, uh, will the Tuscan? help Boba in that present day, maybe fighting Black Chrysanthemum or the Wookiees. Yeah. Hi to Connor, by the way. Um, mm -hmm. So before the show started, I would have said yes, that they were setting up like they would come in and help them, kind of like what Dune did in, mm -hmm. in the story, that they go, they get these people to help them in the war. But I'm now kind of clinging to my idea that something happens to that group of uh, Tuscan Raiders that motivates um, Boa Fett to, you know, go back into the world and take care of things. So uh, I'll say no. Okay. Roberto? Uh, yeah, I'm in the same boat with you because they, we haven't seen them since then and Boba Fett is back to being, being alone in the present time. Um, so, yeah, my answer is kind of no, but I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if he's because he's trying to be a different type of gangster in this one. So he, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he tries to be like a Pablo Escobar type of thing, work <laughs> for the people, get the people behind him, yeah. and maybe try to figure out how to get the huts away uh, out of um, 
you know most, most apps or yeah yeah it, it would right. totally make sense and it would be really cool so you're both wrong you're oh. both wrong <laughs> <laughs> no i mean it's can i'm oh I'll say, okay, let's say that these Toscan that he's growing up with are no longer there. They get taken out by some reason. We already established there are more, there are more Toscan settlements out there. Where did we see? Mando season two. With who? Cop Vanth. Cop Vanth now has a relationship with the Toscans of Mos Pelgo. So I think that Boba's gonna have to get other Toscan tribes to help him with the twins. He's gonna make it to Mos Pelgo and have to talk with Cop Vanth to get help from those Tuscans because he, them, and Cop Vanth already have a relationship, and that's how they're gonna have Cop Vanth and Boba Fett kind of come together with the help of those Tuscans, and that's how you bring the Tuscans to help. That's how you get Cop Vanth, and maybe that's when we learn what happened with his armor and what it took him so long to find it. There you go. I said it. <laughs> Wrap it up. Do that, that's good. I like that. Mm -hmm. Question for you guys. So we were talking about a bounty hunter that could help uh, Boba Fett with Black Chrysanthemum. Mm -hmm. Do we get Din Djarin in the show? <sighs> this is like a chapter in that story. I mean, that that works. Even I didn't want Din Djarin to skip in on his show, but I mean, he can work help take this guy down. That's another one that might be. Uh, I mean, because... Just so he needs a bounty hunter friend. He just made a bounty hunter friend <laughs> not long just, ago. Just keep Grogu away from it. Just keep Grogu oh, away yeah, for yeah. a few years and then bring him back when he's a teenager or something. Agree. All right. Oh. So our last question comes from someone in the chat, our friend Amy at Guerra de Galaxias. And she asks, I was emotionally invested in this episode, which reclaimed a historically negative portrayal of this Tuscan and showed a beautiful reality of the culture as an analogy for the representation of indigenous cultures in real life. Sorry, so long. And we'll get there. Portray of the Tuscan and show the beautiful reality of the culture as an analogy for the representation of indigenous cultures in real life. This was a beautiful episode. Hashtag rebel thoughts. Yes, we talked about it at the beginning. It's been out there in all the social media. That's what a lot of people kind of gravitated to. And I think it was done very beautifully and hopefully it keeps going as we learn more about some of these alien species, quote unquote, on Star Wars that might get a bad rap in general that no, not everyone is the same. Whew, what a show. Great to be back. Great to be back talking Star Wars with both of you, Oti and Roberto, always fun. So as we're wrapping up the show today, everyone in the chat as always, everyone that's sending their questions, so awesome. So anything else to add, OT and where can people find you next? What are you working on? All that fun stuff. Yeah, so you can find me over at Twitter and Instagram at EP Star Wars. The thing it says like <laughs> right there. Um, yeah, I have a bilingual podcast. When is it in Spanish? When is it in English? I don't know. So yeah, you just have to hop on board and pray for the best. And for the next weeks, <laughs> you can find me right here every single Saturday at 5 p.m. Easy. Well, you, I wanted to ask, are you going to add a third version of the show just in Tuscan speech? Don't <laughs> <laughs> be the one we'll tune into. So, Roberto, where can people find you and what are you working on? Oh, okay. So you, can, um, you can find me at Roberto Draws, um, underscore Draws on Twitter. And you can find me on Instagram, Roberto, double underscore Draws. <laughs> 
I, I, I forget, but yeah, it's one of those. Yeah, and yeah, I'm glad to finally be in the new year and have the past uh, 2021 behind us. So yeah. I'm very much renovated, uh, rejuvenated from from my hiatus of posting Star Wars art. So yeah. keep in lookout. So you're gonna see some definitely. You get you're definitely gonna see some Boba Fett, <laughs> the book of Boba Fett fan art. And after seeing those those amazing twilights and and all that stuff yeah you're gonna see some of that coming so yeah stick around yeah i mean look at that and we didn't even get to talk about that male twilight there's a lot of oh, okay. chatter out there the buff yeah, guy yeah. he had the ear cones at that kind of reserved for the female twilights is this mm-hmm. is this on purpose that they that star wars yeah. this this is it just a faux pas we don't know hopefully we'll get a so a little bit more with that character, but yeah. for myself, again, it's great to be back talking Star Wars with everyone, especially with you guys here in the chat and all our great guests. Uh, for the next six or f- five or six weeks, Otis is going to be here. We're just talking Book of Boba Fett. We got some great guests coming on next week. We got Connor from Concos Can- Cantina is going to be here next week. I think it's just Otis and myself. Then we have Candace from Geeky Waffle, um, Arsu from Space Waffles. And then we'll finish up with Maggie from a bunch of places, also from, from Geeky Waffle, Outer Rim Beacon. She has her own YouTube channel. So that's going to be the finale. Between all that, halfway is going to be our two year podcast anniversary. So it's great talking Star Wars. Great to be back. And as always, stay safe, be safe, and may the force be with you. Rebellions are built on hope. 